1: church. guys, it's so good to, to be with you guys to, this morning to worship Jesus together and and just to be in this passage in his word where the inception of the church is happening guys. I mean what, what Adam read this morning through the entire long passage is is the church starting out. like at the end of it, 3,000 souls are added. To the church, to the body of Christ. And it's just such a beautiful passage. Again, we won't go just like last week and the previous week because it's such a large passage. We won't go verse by verse, word by word like we normally do. We'll go in more chunks again because uh, in this series, I'm trying to give you a big picture view of who we are as a church and what we're called to do as the church. All right, so our DNA. Kingdom, disciple, society, church, kingdom disciples, engaging society, and out of that arises the church, which is what we see here. And so this week we're talking about societal influence again. There's two parts, last week was one, this week is is the second part. Coming off of kingdom identity, discipleship destiny, which is our vision and mission statement, right? Discovering identity in Christ, destiny in Christ, in order to influence our city and the world. So last week we talked about something general, right? Like something we all as believers, all as people empowered by the Spirit, all who are followers of Jesus can do. We talked about prophesying, we talked about encouraging others, we talked about consoling others, we talked about how we reframe the gospel, we talked about uh, building others up and how we can prophesy not just to the church but to those outside of the church and and build up society around us and be part of Colossians 1 saying, we are part of reconciling all things to God through Christ Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. All things we get to do that in. And in this week, we're gonna talk more about how we influence and how you influence specifically. Uh, because yes, there's some things we all can do, but there's some things that only you can do. There's some things that God has created you exactly for, and that only you can do. We saw an example of it this morning with Jason Chan. And Jason, that I, I couldn't get together his high school friends and play online games with them on a platform that I never heard of before. <laughs> only Jason can do that. And God used him and is using him in that situation to be a vessel for his truth, his light, his love, because Jason just opened himself up to it. So there's opportunities like that all around. We're going to talk more about that this morning. Before we jump in, I want to hear from you guys on this question. What do you like best about being a Torontonian? And you may not be from here originally, actually in this studio right now. Uh, there's only one of us who's originally from <laughs> Toronto, uh, who was born and raised here. The rest of us are transplants, but um, we call ourselves Torontonians too. We, this is our city, um, and, and so, even if you're from somewhere else, what do you just love about being in Toronto, being a Torontonian, and, and just put that in the feed? For me, it's what we've been talking about already. It's the uniqueness. Like what I loved here is is everyone just can be unique. <laughs> and and that's celebrated here. And and your uniqueness is is a a badge of honor here. It's not like the suburbs where all the homes look the same, all the people wear the same uh, polo shirts and boat shoes, I don't know. What they do, I mean, I kind of forgot what the suburb life is like. Uh, You know, you have all the big box restaurants and all that. No, like here you got your boutique cafes, you got your local uh, vegan restaurants, you have, you know, all all kinds of uniqueness. Anyone can wear anything. Everyone has different types of hair, clothes. You can wear anything here and no one's even going to think otherwise. (laughs) Um, You know, when I used to go, I used to do a lot of meetings at uh, B Espresso Bar downtown by St. George Station. And every time I would come out, of, not every time, a lot of times when I come out of St. George Station, because the, it was always around the same time, I would see this guy, who was a, a regular looking dude um, in his like late 40s or so, walking backwards, fast, every time, a lot of times, I should say. Um, you know, and most people are like, yep, that's Toronto. <laughs> like, nothing... Nothing new nothing new there. Guys just walking backwards. That's his that's his deal. That's his thing, right? So that's what I love. That's what I love about our city. Let's let's see um, and what I love about being Torontonian is I can I can just be unique and, and be me. All right, let's see what you guys are saying. Let's go to Missy and see what what's going on in the feed there.
0: Okay, lots of good stuff here. Um, definitely some themes, but but I'll yeah. we'll run through what, what we've got here so far. Okay. Chelsea said um, she loves that things are close by, especially in the summer, like there's yeah, always something to do. Sath was his classic um, coffee shop, his artisanal coffee shops. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they, have, they have those in, in Scarborough. <laughs> oh. Um, John yeah. said the diversity. Um, the
1: diversity, yeah. Kelly
0: says food. That's, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, food. The, yeah,
1: the food. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's, that's part of the uniqueness and the diversity, right? Yeah. There's so much of, yeah, of everything. Kelly's had to pull Curtis out of his... Out of his food shell.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Keep on going, uh, Kelly. Keep that's on going. right.
0: Keep 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 it strong. Um. Ryan, mul- how multicultural it is. Yeah. Again, yeah. more. Daniel said food. Of course, at farmers market, just specific.
1: Yeah. Um. Which you wouldn't think that would be in in a in a big city. You, you know, when you hear farmers market, you think, oh well, that's that's that'd be so in a rural area, right? But, right. But yeah, no, love, there's like in the city. That. That's right. All over the city.
0: Kenyan said the myriad of um, trails, like biking trails, walking, running. Um, I feel like that's, that's pretty, unique for, I that's for
1: our city too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just the green space. All the green space. space. And, mm-hmm. um, I love that. How much? Uh, how many? How many trails there are out there for riding bikes and jogging and all that?
0: Uh, we've got Theo that said the Blue Jays, Raptors, and Maple Leaves, sort of. Oh <laughs>
1: man! Hey, <laughs> Leafs are Leafs are doing. I'm enjoying watching the Leafs this year. Uh, but yes. Uh, that's something I love about Toronto is I never lived anywhere before with its own sports teams so I love that I love that our city has that we I mean before the pandemic we took advantage of that going to Raptors games Jays games I've only been in one Leafs game because they're so expensive and those tickets were given to me (laughs) so uh, I think all of us kind of have to wait for those opportunities to come up but I, I love that I love that been to some TFC games um uh yeah, I I love that we have our own teams. We went to the Raptors parade.
0: Yeah. Took our nice. kids
1: out of school for that thing. Uh I yeah, it was I, I love that Theo. I was hoping someone would bring that up.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had a let's see, um looks like Cindy picked up on that too as well. Raptors yeah? um cool. but um yeah, Adam and Peter both said people, right? Um the people that make up the city. That's really beautiful um yeah, adam and who uh, peter
1: oh peter yeah yeah
0: yeah um adam also said this was cool like creativity excitement music you know like there's there's just a lot to to yeah. enjoy um
1: we're losing a lot of our creatives though they're going to hamilton
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's too
1: expensive <laughs> to live here yeah and all the creatives are, are are leaving yeah a lot of them
0: um, a lot of people just loving summer food. Yeah, this is just a lot of summer, g- summer. Yeah, su- summer. Yes. yeah I, I, I love yeah. summer too, those, Susanna. Those two months of the year,
1: guys, are <laughs> <laughs> why we live here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but summer in Toronto. Yeah, it's like um, you, you want to go on vacation at other times. You don't want to go on vacation during summer because summer in Toronto is so amazing. So it's like you want to be here in the summer. You want to go on vacation and, and leave the city for the winter. Yeah. Uh, but this is a
0: different one. The grittiness. That's from David oh. and Sarah. Um, Harley. Yeah. yeah. Grittiness. That's a fun one. That's
1: good. Yeah. I like yeah. That. I see. I see that. You know, um, there's so much here. Yeah. We got some, we got some grittiness here. People who, who don't give up, who, who push forward. Um, yeah. I love that. Love, love the grit. And, it, and it, of course, it probably depends on what neighborhood you're in, too. Um, yeah. To, to really see that. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Love all these things, guys. Thanks for sharing. Uh, that's gonna help us as we dive into this passage this morning. Love all these things about uh, the uniqueness of who, who we are as Torontonians because that's what we've taken on, right? Uh, that's, that's, we kind of just described what we're a part of. Like we are those people. We are part of that multiculturalism. We are part of that diversity. Um, and And we're part of uh, the, the story of this city now. And so uh, in this passage here, you see starting again, we're going to take it in chunks. In, in verse 22 here, Peter starts off and he says, he says, men of Israel... And he says, men of Israel hear these words. And he's about to share this entire gospel presentation. He's about to give, uh, he's about to give it to them, this, this whole sermon, this gospel uh, narrative, this gospel story. And so I want us to pay attention to how he does this. Because right now, he's engaging society. If you notice, and if you remember from last week, he goes to where everyone is Already. He doesn't wait for them to to come to him. He doesn't say, Hey guys, um, hey, I'm inviting you guys. I made all these flyers and I came to this to give you these flyers to come to the upper room so you can hear me talk about the gospel. He doesn't do that. He goes to the festival, he goes to the party, he goes to Shavuot, what is what we would call Pentecost. He goes to this where they're all gathered and he starts to engage. There, what he does not do is start his own competing party or his own competing festival, and get and try to get everyone to come to that. He doesn't say, "Hey, I know you guys are here for Shavuot at this time, but you know what? At the same time, I'm going to be preaching a sermon over here. (laughs) Come to that." No, but guys, that's what we do as the church, right? We say, uh, "We we have our church gathering, 10:30 Sunday morning." And we say, yeah, I know you normally go to brunch. Yes, I know you normally take your kids to hockey practice. Yes, I know you uh, normally sleep in because you're hungover. But guess what? You should come at 1030 on Sunday morning to listen to a sermon. No one's going to do that. Not in our city anymore. So we have to do something different. We have to go to them. Now, uh, we still do something like this on Sunday morning, but... But, but it's for believers, right? Not that, not that people who don't believe what we believe can't come to this and we want to invite them to this, but that cannot be people's entry point. It's why we emphasize R3 out throughout the week so much. It's why what Daniel is doing in, through Sense City and what Jason Chan is doing uh, through Discord and, and, the, and his friends there is so important because he could invite them, uh, to the live stream on Sunday mornings, and maybe he should. But uh, according to his, his his story, they're not even ready for that yet, right? Because he's just starting to have conversations with them about Jesus. And so there has to be a starting point, And Peter's starting point is here is he goes to where these religious Jews are. Because remember, they have a background. It's Jews to Jews here. It's religious Jews, right? So uh, they, they have some sort of background. Shavuot, even today, guys, and especially today, is practiced by, by, by Jewish people who are more religious. So here, he's got a foundation, or these, these Jews he's talking to, they have a foundation of the Old Testament, of the scriptures. There's something he's building on here. And remember that as we go through this, because in our day and age, for our people, for your friends, for your coworkers, We live in a post-Christian world, if not a pre-Christian one, where people don't have any foundation. We're here in St. Jamestown right now, and it's filled with newcomers from around the world who have no foundation for who Jesus is. So we can't start where Peter starts, right? We can't start with with what he's about to start with, but we can go to them like he goes to them, right? Guys, you know, here in St. Jamestown, uh, when we were gathering here a couple summers ago, um, uh, someone was sharing Jesus with with um, a teenage girl here. Just where well, they, well, they were talking about who we are and all that, Jesus came up, and she and this was her response. She said, "Jesus is a is a person," and the person was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a person." She said, "I just thought Jesus was a cuss word." That's what we're dealing with in our city. You have people who who have, all they've heard is Jesus' name as someone cursing out loud, right? And and so we have to have, we have to figure out what our starting place is. And for us who maybe grew up in church for, if you've been around the church for a while, oftentimes you think, well, we just need to convince them of these theological truths. We just need to throw these theological truths at them. But guys, just, just hold off on that for a second. Just to just go where they are and be with them where they are. That's what they've been doing. That's what the disciples have been doing. They've been there uh, in in Israel where they are. And this is like, this is our philosophy of ministry. It's what we do with the new common. It's what we've done since we've been a church. It's going where they are. We went into Regent Park. We came into St. Jamestown. And we didn't start our own thing. We didn't say, hey, I know there's a tutoring service here, so uh, that's good for you guys who are non-Christians, but us, we're going to start a Christian tutoring service, or we're going to start a Christian watercolors program. We're going to start a Christian handbell choir guys no we didn't do any of that unfortunately that's what a lot of churches and missions organizations do they start their own thing what we did is we said no we're going to partner with what's already going on because kingdom stuff is happening here already we get to be salt and light to preserve god's goodness in the culture here and then to shed light into the darkness and we want to help you do what you're already doing we're not here to be saviors we're here to be servants in the community and in doing that, that's how relationships are built. That's why in the early days, guys, when, when we were living on mission like that, we had, we had Muslims joining our church and doing things with us. Like, that, like it's, that's wild to have that happen, and then eventually come to faith, right? So it's because we went where they were. So Peter is doing that. So when you think about uh, our church, we do that. But when you think about you as an individual, how do you do that? Well, again... Uh, we're praising Jason Chan a lot this morning, but it's just his example of the hero in base story. Love you, Jason, for sharing that with us uh, because he didn't, he, he went where they're at, right? He didn't say, hey guys, let's come to my Bible study and let's, let's do this thing. They went and he went and did online games with them in a chat community thing and, and went where they're at. And then Jesus will come up because Jesus is his life. Jesus is your life and he's going to come up. So we, you can do this corporately with us and we're trying to empower you to do this individually. And if you see here, he says, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, remember, Peter is a Jew going to Jews and he points out here that yes, we worship a Jew and yes, that Jesus, the one from Nazareth, he's a Jew just like you. And so there's, he's, he's establishing some common ground here and so he's like, this Jesus, right, And uh, he's a man attested to you by God with mighty works, wonders, signs God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know this Jesus. Yes, this one that I'm talking about. He is delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Okay, so again, we talked about reframing the gospel. We've been talking about that Jew. How do you be a Jew to Jew? How do you be a Greek to Greek? How do you be uh, a Torontonian? to a Torontonian. That's why we talked about that this morning. We talked about what, what's great about our city, the multicultural aspect, the diversity, the food, the uniqueness of our city. That's our culture. Guys, so easy to talk about Jesus in there. You know, you, we, we love the uniqueness of our city. Well, Jesus didn't conform to culture. He established a culture of his own, the kingdom culture. See how easy it is just to talk about Jesus? Oh, you love, you love that we can be unique here? Man, I try to pattern my life around someone who's, who's really unique and who, who, is, uh, who has uh, tried to not let the world conform to him and conform to culture, but to, to live out in his unique identity and, and destiny, right? Like, so easy. Um, you love the food scene here, Right? Well, Jesus was a connoisseur of fine foods. He went to all the feasts, right? He he was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard because he went to all the feasts. And guess what? He said everything, he made everything clean for us to eat. You're eating bacon right now because he said it's okay, right? Like you're enjoying these things because he said it's okay, right? So guys, Jesus uh, establishes. you know what? Jesus, his message is for everybody, you love the multicultural aspect of our city? Jesus says there's, it's for everybody, it's transcultural. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female anymore in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody is, is equal. Guys, there's so much of Jesus in what we love about being Torontonians right there. So, uh, that's, that's where I would take it from here. Peter takes a little, <laughs> a little different take here uh, because remember, he's talking Jews to Jews. They have Old Testament background. So he doesn't have to have a lot of buildup there. And he, said, he talks about this Jesus. And, and guys, this is important because um, when he says this Jesus, he's talking about this just happened. This Jesus, who we just talked about, he was crucified just a few weeks ago, this Jesus who everyone was talking about, you know, Luke wrote Acts. At the, at the end of Luke, you have two disciples walking along, on, along the road to Emmaus, and they're walking, they're talking about these current events. The big current event of that day was Jesus was crucified. Everyone thought he was going to be the Messiah, but he, he didn't. He, he didn't raise from the dead. What happened? Well, guess what? Resurrected Jesus appears next to them walking along the road, and, and he says, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they say to him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who has no idea what just happened? And, and guys, they're up to date on what is happening. They're up to date on the current events. They're up to date on, on this thing that just happened. And yes, here, Peter is offering up big theological truths. Remember, he's talking to Jews. He, he can do that. Uh, but I just want to encourage you don't just talk about the jesus from 2000 years ago talk about what jesus is doing in your life right now right we often say oh hey guys jesus died on the cross for your sins and his blood makes you white as snow do you want to get saved today (laughs) who's going to say yes to that there's there's no background you need to give people some more background that just sounds creepy Right? Uh, you gotta give, you gotta, you gotta talk about who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life today. Jesus it wasn't just alive back then, he's alive today. And so take these theological truths and share that out of what he's doing. That's why these here based stories are so important because you should be doing that every day. It's why um, when you read, take Ephesians 1, which is packed with theological truths, and you read through that and you say, I have the deposit of the spirit guaranteeing my inheritance, you know, uh, I've been chosen in Christ Jesus, you know, all these things. Uh, you don't just say, oh, that's great up here to know. No, how does that affect your life right now? That's what you share with Jesus. That's when Jesus is actually your life. And Peter is sharing that here. And guys, that's where the power is. You have to share, you have to share what Jesus is doing in your life right now. If he's just a guy from 2,000 years ago, no one, no one cares about that. He's a guy from 2,000 years ago and a guy today and a guy tomorrow, right? Who's going to change and transform you and your life and the world around you if you let him, if you let him. But he can't just be black and white words on a page from 2,000 years ago. You have to be walking in step with the Spirit today, as Paul says in Galatians 5. You have to be walking in step with the Spirit today. And that's what you share with others and so Peter, he says, this Jesus, this, this one, this one that that uh, uh, is, is in my life today. Yes, this happened, but he's also in my life today. And then he says, for David says, concerning him, you got this big section where he, he goes into the meat of the sermon, you know, where he talks about the Old Testament. He goes to the Hebrew scriptures. So all the way down to verse 36, I believe, he talks about David. He says, for, for David says, <laughs> Uh, concerning him, and here's the thing, guys. If you said if you went to your work coworkers and said, "Hey, for David says concerning," they'd be like, "What, like Dave from accounting says that? Like, who, who are you talking about here?" Um, and, and guys, he, we <laughs> we often appeal to an authority that is not an authority for people in our in our city. You're like, "Hey, well, the Bible says this." And they say, "Why does that matter to me? I don't care about the Bible. Why does that matter to me? You're using authority. You're trying to put your authority on me. And if you know anything about the millennial generation, they hate authority, right? So, uh, so maybe the first, the first, uh, or sorry, I should say, they hate. They're skeptical, uh, and and rightly so. Look at the world we live in today, right? So." Um, and, uh, and yeah, anyways, we won't go down that path. There's so many reasons there. Uh, but, uh, and, and that's okay to have this, to, to be testing the authorities, to have this, this skepticism, right? To, to hold people accountable. We, we want that. Um, and, and, so, and, and so you got to realize people are doing that with the scriptures, right? We, we maybe used to accept them or, or our culture used to just accept at face value. But, but these days people want to, want to dive deep and say, okay, why should I believe this, which is good, because then you have actually people who are choosing to follow Jesus, not just because their grandparents, their parents, and uh, their spouse are following Jesus. They're like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that too, or I'll try to go to church or whatever. No, you actually have people who have gone to the crux of why they believe what they believe. This is called an epistemological foundation of your faith. People leave the church all the time because they've just been told what to believe, not why to believe what to believe. And so here, um, when you appeal to to authorities, you have to know people are going to test them. People are going to ask why. Uh, But here, uh, Peter says, you know, David says this, and they're like, oh, well, we love David, right? That's their authority. So, uh, and and then he says here, brothers, I may say to you with confidence, this is down in verse 29, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, so he's still talking about David, uh, and so he has this confidence and this boldness, right? And a lot of us, we don't have that confidence and boldness when it comes to talking about the scriptures maybe. And maybe maybe um, you don't need that quite yet, because maybe it's not quite time to appeal to that authority, right? And maybe you don't have that confidence and boldness because you're appealing to authority that, again, is not their authority. So you need some you need to like lay some groundwork here. You need to start somewhere. And you lay some groundwork here. So what does that look like for us? How do we have the confidence and boldness that Peter has up here to stand before thousands of people and just, and just say uh, these, uh, and just package the gospel, right? How do we reframe the gospel for us? Well, Paul, in Acts 17 on Mars Hill, the Areopagus, he gives us a, a precedent for this. He kind of establishes a precedent. And what he does, and when he goes to the Greeks, he doesn't appeal to the scriptures. He doesn't say, hey guys, in the Old Testament, David says concerning. He says, no, your own authorities talk about an unknown God. Your own poets talk about this. Your own thinkers and philosophers have something right there that says to the unknown God. And so how do we do that as Torontonians? What does that look like for us? Does that mean we appeal to John Tory? I don't, probably not. I mean, he's probably, you're probably not quoting John Tory, our mayor, in your everyday life. Um, but what if uh, you appealed to the local indie band that everyone's following? Well, I guess not everyone's following because it's an indie band. Uh, but, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a small group of friends who love this indie band. And how about you, you quote them? Like, Paul quotes the poets and it's like, hey, there's truth in there. Guys, do you know that all truth is God's truth? And you can find truth everywhere, not just the scriptures. Okay, now we would say the scriptures are all true, but they do not contain all truth. Following me there? There's truth in medicine. That the scriptures don't have there's truth in astrophysics that the scriptures don't don't have in here it's not a science book it's not uh a medical journal uh there's there's truth in psychology that the scriptures don't have in here it's not a it's not a uh psychology book you 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 get my point here there's truth in construction and in building things that like if if i want to Fix my faucet. I'm not going like, okay, where is this in here? Uh, Jonah, Esther, Ezra. I, you know, um, I'm. I'm not consulting this. There, this is all truth, but doesn't, or this is all true, but doesn't contain all truth. So you can find truth in a lot of different places, um, but all that truth is God's truth. Okay? This is a refrain, I didn't make that statement up, this is a refrain from the church fathers, from the reformers, all truth is God's truth. And, and so, look at your indie band, right? And find the truth there, and then use it to talk to your friends about Jesus. And say, you know what? That truth in there, this is how it resonates with me and, and, and with Jesus. Because I think it's true for everybody, actually. And Paul does that with, with poets. You know? Or we talked about sports earlier. Maybe do that with sports stars. Um, or, or a community leader, maybe that's the authority, right? Here in St. Jamestown, there's a few staunch community leaders, right? Like maybe you appeal to that, um, or our universities, right? I mean, Jordan Peterson is in our city, right? And a lot of, a lot of people appeal to him as, as an authority, um, or, or name your professor. We have professors in our congregation. Maybe you start appealing to Alex and and his authorities and, and his authority, right? Um, or, or just the things like I talked about that make us Torontonian. Because that is culture, which I love Adam always defines culture like this. It's just the way we do things around here. That, that's, that's all it is, is the way we do things around here. And you appeal to that because that's the way we're living our lives, which makes it an authority. Here's the thing, guys, with uh, people coming to faith. And I've shared this in multiple environments. I don't know if I've ever shared this in a sermon before, but... Uh, There's an evangelism professor who wrote the Master Plan of Evangelism named Robert Coleman. He says there's four turns of the heart when someone is seeking, when someone is coming to Jesus. There's four turns of the heart. One, there's a turning the heart to uh, community, the community of believers. There's a turning the heart to uh, living on mission for Jesus. There's a turning the heart to um, the authority of the scriptures. And there's a turning the heart to Jesus as Lord. And those can happen in any order. Okay. Often we start with, okay, you have to believe Jesus is Lord first. Okay. And then we can get to the other things, but let's first agree on the deep theological belief that Jesus is, is Lord. And guys, you lose people sometimes like that. You just, you just lose them. You know, most people who've come to faith through Trinity Life Church were attracted by community and mission first. Most of you guys who are part of Trinity Life Church were attracted through community and mission. And then your heart started to turn towards Jesus as Lord and the authority of the scriptures, right? We can't just start with beliefs first. What we do in our, in our, in our engagement is normally we were, our, the, the Christian faith went head, heart, hands. Beliefs open up the heart and then we can work together. We flipped that paradigm and said, let's, let's try this. Let's, let's do hands, heart, head, let's work together let's be together let's belong together let's serve together open up the heart leads to beliefs right and and guys these turns of the heart can happen in any order so we see that here uh peter is is appealing to the authority uh and look at how they respond in verse 37 he says now when they heard this they were cut to the heart the, the like they, the spirit just just uh, went directly to their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, "Brothers, what, what are we going to do? What, what shall we do? We, we have to respond now. There has to be a response. We have to do something. And Peter says to them, "Repent and be baptized. Turn away from the way you were living. That's repent. Turn away from that and turn to us and be immersed." Be immersed, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember, this isn't just about Peter standing up before them. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is is all over him, and look what happens. And and remember, though, again, this isn't an entirely new message for them, but what is new, uh, as Jews, is Jesus, being God, and the Holy Spirit, uh, and then receiving the indwelling Holy Spirit. Again, they shouldn't be fully new because this is prophesied in the Old Testament. Uh, but, but really, how do they even know what Peter's talking about here when he says you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? And, and I think it's, it's because, even though they knew some things in the Old Testament, I think it's because they see it happening. Guys, we live in a city... That values all these things, uniqueness, diversity, multiculturalism, the food scene, um, all, all, all these things. But without Jesus and without your unique identity in Christ to influence, it can just be empty. Because our city also values success and money and few other things and it's not like those things are inherently evil but without our identity in jesus which is the same for all of us our destiny in christ which is the same for all of us and then us influencing through the power of the spirit in our unique ways those things are just empty and our pursuit of those things are just empty it's great our city is unique it's great our city has all these things but without those things, it just leads to emptiness. And this morning, I want to release you in your uniqueness. As you're in situations, you're in relationships, you're in a workplace, you're in a neighborhood that is unique to you. There is a there like the spirit is endemic in that place. Which means and what I mean there's there's a there's a pandemic which is all over, but for you, like there's an endemicness to you being in this space that the spirit wants to uh, that the spirit wants to empower you in to be his voice, to be his light, to be to be his truth, to be his love, and only you are in that space. Only you have those friends in that way. Like yeah, your friends have other friends, but only you are friends with that person. In that way. Only you have a relationship with that person that way. Only you have that role at your job. Only you are in that neighborhood, in that apartment, in that house, wherever you are. And God has placed you there to influence and engage society in the power of the in the power of the spirit with your unique gifts, talents, job, skills, all those things. And if you're like, ah. I just don't, I just don't know how. All you need to do is ask for opportunities. Ask the Lord for opportunities. He'll open your eyes. And if you're like, I don't know how, because I don't know anything about this Jesus guy, connect with us on that too. It's only in Jesus that he's gonna show us our uniqueness for his purposes and empower us to change this world. And so you see here, when, the ch- when Peter, in leading these, the early church, really sees that and grabs onto that and starts to live that out, it leads to multiplication. Just like that. Just like that 3,000 out of the church. Kingdom disciples, engaging society, and out of that arises the church. And we're going to talk about that next week. But that's us, guys. That's us. That can happen today if we live in the power of the Spirit like Peter is here. And if we discover who we are in Christ, our identity, our destiny to influence our city and the world, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for how you just empowered Peter and your presence was with him in the power of your spirit. And you said the church would do greater things than you you did. And we see that already starting here. The first thing we see that starting And so empower us as your church that we would at least do what you did and then even greater. And so may we be faithful in the small things so that you would steward bigger things to us. Uh, But Father, we just want to hear and obey. So pray that we wouldn't just hear your voice, but that we would go and do it and that we would change this city for your name.